0: All right, so it turns out that Kevin and I cannot be on this live stream together. So he is joining us via text and we'll go ahead and answer some questions together. So go ahead and feel free to write some of your questions down. So for anyone who listened to our first uh, after hour show with Kevin and Lauren, it was really great. We had a chance to go over the things in the NutriQ, what we do with the discovery calls and the one-on-ones, so if you didn't get a chance to listen in, please do go back once we post it so you can um, hear all about it. We have some fun stuff in the works. All right, let's see. No questions as of yet, but Kevin is here to answer with me, so feel free to drop in at any point. But I guess for now, we can just talk about a little bit of a recap of what we just did in today's first installment of After Hours. We just talked about the discovery calls and the prerequisites for those. Um, We dove into a little bit of the NutriQ and we talked about how each one of those questions that are really diving into the different symptoms that you're feeling give us a good kind of picture of your overall health and where we need to start. Um, Typically, we start with the foundations. Well, we always start with foundations which are gonna include diet and digestion to make sure that even though you're eating a great diet that you're able to absorb the nutrients within that diet so that they're not just running straight through you and you can take advantage of the fuel that you are eating And Kevin says he has a question to get started. What is the new pattern you're seeing in the discovery calls? That's a great question. So with the discovery calls, you know, the last call that we had on our live was about carnivore. So with the carnivore diet, I'm seeing that most people that are on the carnivore diet are Not eating nose to tail. So I try to remember, I try to remind them that eating some fermented foods is really important. We want to make sure that you're optimizing the amount of nutrients that you're getting. So making sure that you're eating um, some fermented foods so that you're feeding your microbiome and that you're getting all those, you know, the vitamins and minerals that you need, the the micronutrients is really going to be key. So if you're eating nose to tail, then you're going to be eating essentially the entire animal. That's going to include things like organ meats, um, some, you know, things that are bone related, like bone marrow and the different tendons that connect the bones together, which are really helpful, which is why we recommend bone broth so often. So um, that is a trend that I'm seeing that unfortunately, a lot of people who are doing carnivore aren't eating the full spectrum of nose to tail. So if you're not going to if you can't stomach eating those organ meats, then we have great options in the store. I highly recommend Ancestral um, for their different supplements um, for organs. So you can get liver, you can get kidney, you can get a mixture of them. They're a really great company, so check them out in the, in the Let's trick store. Let's see what else we have here. Oh, okay. Let's see. We have someone saying that they would love to do the NutriQ but have multiple issues and too scared to do it. Just don't be scared to do the NutriQ. It's just, it's. I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of questions. It's about 300 questions and it's just asking you basic things. It's asking you the different symptoms that you're feeling. So if, you know, just go through it, you know, nice and slowly and answer as honestly as you can. There's nothing to be scared about. It's really just gonna show us an overall kind of health picture of where we need to work on. So what happens after you take the NutriQ is it, I get a beautiful, um, it's like a bar graph that shows us where your priorities lie. So priorities meaning that you just have to work more on certain things than others. And so I wouldn't be afraid to take the NutriQ. It's not going to show us anything that's Going to be extremely alarming, or that is too shocking to handle. It's just going to give us a good insight into where you are health-wise, and then we'll know what steps we need to take to get you on your health journey. So please do take it because it's really great, and then we can sign, you know you can sign up for a discovery call, and then we can take it from there. So let's see about this. Oh, let's see. It says. Thanks for making a positive impact on society. Appreciate all you do for us. Well, I appreciate you guys probably even more. Um, I had a question about the P shot, a platelet rich plasma. What's your advice and opinion? Hmm. I don't, I'm not familiar with the platelet shot. Kevin, if you wanna chime in, let me know what you think, but. Um, it's not something I would have to look, I would have to look into that and do some research in order to respond properly to that. Um, but if, Kevin, you have any answers, please feel free to jump in. Let's see. Oh, it looks like Kevin doesn't have any uh, experience with the platelet shots either. Hi, Lisa, <laughs> you're so wonderful. <laughs> Um and Angie. I love it. All right. Any other questions for this first time that I'm doing a Q&A? Please do submit your questions so we can address them. Several people are typing, so that's a good thing. All right. When is the best time to test blood sugar and ketones before, after, or between meals? That's a great question. And just so everyone knows, if you are OK, wait, you're asking for sh- OK, sugar and ketones. So for sugar, you're always going to have a spike in um, blood sugar in the mornings because that's when cortisol is surging and really just waking you up. So cortisol is a hormone that really stimulates the release, the creation and release of Glucose so sugar for the blood so that it can give you some energy. So in the mornings, um, your readings are always going to be a little higher um, for glucose and for ketones are probably going to be a little lower because you haven't eaten anything yet. Um, But in terms of when it's best to test, I would say Give yourself maybe 20, 30 minutes after a meal to get a true reading of what that meal, um, how that meal is affecting you. And Kevin, if you have any advice here, I'd love to hear it as well. Um, I myself just in the past couple months have started testing my own ketones and glucose with the Keto Mojo. And I've been playing around with it. I wouldn't say I have completely figured it out yet. But it is really interesting and I don't typically do it first thing in the morning because I know of that glucose that glucose spike. There's actually a name for it that I can't recall. But um, if Kevin wants to chime in, maybe he can give you his personal advice on that. Um, so I'm also going to I also see one here. Oh, Brittany, with your favorite nutrient dense meal. That's a good one. And for anyone who doesn't know, I post recipes here on Healthy Tribe. I try to do one a week. Um, Sometimes I do one every other week, but I try to do one one a week. Let's see. I'm a foodie, so asking me a question about my favorite meal is, is a difficult one for me because I love food. But I'd say, I mean, I'm a macros person, so I really try to make sure that I have a good Um, ratio of macros on my plate. So, um, low in carbs, um, typically my vegetables are going to be anywhere from like, uh, I like zucchini and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and stuff like that. Um, and then I typically do a pretty decent portion of skin and bone intact protein. So whether that's beef, chicken, Um, mostly my fish is not bone on, but skin on for my salmon, I prefer. So I'd say that's a tough question, but I really do like my grandmother's recipe. I'm Cuban. Um, she's was born in Cuba, so maybe picadillo is the name of it. And I think I posted a recipe. It's not for everyone. Um, because it does have olives in it so I'm not sure if everyone likes olives but it's probably our go-to in the house for an easy comforting food and I typically put that on top of some kind of vegetable because it's mostly ground meat with onions and garlic and peppers and stuff like that so I usually put it over a nice vegetable my husband likes it over rice but I try to stay away from the rice Of course, Sunny, thank you for being here. Um, Oh, yes, and Lisa, thanks for reminding me. So we recently posted a Food and Mood journal tutorial. So one of the things I'm finding when I do my one-on-ones is that the Food and Mood journals are lacking a little bit. And when I say that, I mean that there's just not enough information in there. Um, Some people aren't putting the times that they're eating their foods. Some people are not putting all the ingredients of their meal. Some people aren't including, well, I'd say most of the people are not including their bowel movements. Now I know that's an uncomfortable thing for some people to discuss for most people probably, but when you're working with someone like me or Kevin, you know, you know, a nutritionist of any sort, that's going to be a critical component. We really want to know, how you're feeling after you eat certain things because it paints a larger picture of how your body's reacting to it. So, if you're eating, say, bacon or breakfast sausage in the morning with some eggs and you find that you have to run to the bathroom, then you're, you know, the my initial thought is maybe you're not digesting your fast properly because that's a pretty high fat, you know, meal. And so we want to make sure that we're addressing your digestion when it comes specifically to fats. So making sure that you fill out the, the food and mood journal properly is going to be critical. So what we did was we created a video tutorial. This can be found on the Let's Truck website. Um, there's a section under Lessons with Lauren where you can find it. And then it's also under... Work with us when you're signing up for the one-on-one sessions. So go check it out. It's kind of long, but it walks you through how exactly to keep the food journal, the food and mood journal in practice better. So go ahead and check that out because that's going to be critical for us working together on the one-on-ones. Let's see. Okay. Kevin responded. Um, He loves to do a three-hour test after food taking a baseline before eating then eat a carb-rich meal like a cup of plain white rice then check one hour after it should be low be below 140 then at two hours should be lower than the one hour mark and then at three hours should be close to baseline it tells you how our body is handling sugar overall i have not done this and i'm actually going to screenshot it because i think it's a very good test and i'd like to share it with more people as well as do it myself um lisa asked you chicharrones count for dinner skin and fat <laughs> it doesn't count as a complete meal but i love them as a snack um but i would definitely add some other things to that so um not a not a complete meal <laughs> let's see Oh, and Angie posted a link to the recipes here. So go check them out. Another thing that I'd like to include um, as, you know, we continue on with the, the new show is I'd love to hear, I'd love to be challenged a little bit with some of these recipes. So being a foodie and also being a nutritionist, I want I want to eat as healthy as possible, but never, deprivation is never an option for me. I want to eat everything that I love. So if you have a challenging recipe, something that you absolutely love, but you're staying away from beca- out of fear that it doesn't fit your specific, you know, health goals or your specific diet, then let's, let's have a little challenge. Send me a recipe and we'll see if I can make it uh, a little healthier, but still tastes really good. So I welcome that. Send some, uh, some good meals and I'll see what I can do to tweak it and make it a healthier option. Let's see. Is the NutriQ? Yes, the NutriQ you can fill out on the computer. Um, yes, you don't have to worry about writing it by hand. It's all done on a computer. It's 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 a multiple choice, I'm pretty sure it asks you like a severity level. So it's very very simple. Do not be afraid to take it. Please do take it. Um, let's see. The carbs and meats are veggies. Are they subtracted from the 15 or 20 a day? Oh, thank you. You're doing a fine job today. Thank you. Okay. So let's see. So the carbs and meats are veggies. Are you trying to say, are the carbs in the meats and veggies? Yes. So vegetables, when we talk about carbs and vegetables. What I like to say and the way I like to think is when I'm eating carbs, the source of my carbs are vegetables. So I know that it's been popular belief, you know, we've associate carbs with processed things like pasta and bread, you know, things like that. Well, no, you know, you know that Kevin and I, neither Kevin nor I promote, you know, grains and processed foods, so yes, when you are accounting for carbs, you have to also consider vegetables as a carb. Um, pro, or carb content in meat, I'm not concerned about, but the, the, the vegetables definitely, you you know, you need to take into consideration. So a high carb vegetable would be um, potatoes, um, anything that's, that's starchy, it's gonna have a high carb, um, you know, component to it. So Definitely take that into consideration. Absolutely. We, I see that some people are excited about the challenge (laughs) for the food recipes. Um, I need more fat in my diet. What is your favorite way to add fat to your foods? This is great. So I just recently worked with a client who is very, very active and she needed to make sure that she had enough energy throughout the day and that she wasn't losing too much weight because she was, you know, losing um, weight and her muscles were, you know, were, were kind of um, suffering as well So deterioration of the muscle. So I gave her a, a few great ideas. She was not doing a bulletproof or nutrient-dense keto coffee. So that was one thing that she switched right away and she immediately noticed the difference. Another um, recommendation I said was if you are eating salads with like a protein, you know, like a, you know, skin on like high fat protein, then you can increase your fat even more by making a salad dressing that is using not just olive oil, but avocado. So and a lot of people don't think about this, but you can do salad dressings and maybe I will um, post a recipe here shortly uh, for a recipe you know for a salad dressing but you can do a creamy based salad dressing using avocado and a lot of people don't think about that but for the most part avocado is a great thing to add to your foods to increase fat um so yeah that's a that was a good option for her and it seems to be working so i highly recommend that let's see <laughs> Okay, and Kevin says, a rule of thumb is the vegetables that grow underground have more cards than the ones that grow above ground. And that's actually a pretty good rule of thumb. I haven't thought about that. All right, we have a question here. I've been doing the fermented carnivore the last couple of weeks. I've noticed that my energy levels have gone back up. Great. Even started to lose weight again after a year stall. Even better. My concern is my bowels and surroundings are looking red. Is that from eating the spicy kimchi? It has red chilies and liquid in it. I eat close to a full 14 ounce bag a day. I would say that that is definitely contributing to it, Um, especially if you're seeing undigested particles in your stool, then yes. That means that they're not sitting well with you and they're, they're, they're basically getting flushed immediately out. So yes. And I also think that 14 ounces, I think that's quite a bit of, of uh, fermented food. So with fermented foods, you don't have to eat very much of them to have the benefit to get the benefits. Um, If you think about, and I don't know if anyone's ever eaten uh, at a Korean restaurant, Um, that's how I like to think about how much of my fermented foods I'll eat with a meal is if you eat Korean food, you'll, it's typically you get a tray of food and there are a few, um, small dishes and one of those tiny little dishes. And I'm talking like very, very small dishes is going to have some fermented foods and it's not very much. And Kevin agrees that 14 ounces is a lot. So we both agree that eating a more condiment size, um, You know ferments with your meals is way better you you don't want to overdo it um so yes i definitely think that's what's going on so cut back on the amount and also if the spicy kimchi is burning on the way out you might want to consider switching to something less spicy because your stomach may not be able to handle that but first cut back on the amount i think that's probably the problem there and then if you're finding it's burning on the way out I would reconsider what you're eating for ferments. Like maybe try sauerkraut or, you know, other pickles that don't have the, the heat. Um, let's see. Great. All right. Any other questions? Let me look at the time here. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I have to run because my first call is in about five minutes. So thank you guys for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, one more. Let's see if I can address this one. I'm worse. I'm your worst metabolic syndrome subject. What I'm afraid of is the cost. Okay. This is one that we're going to have to get to next time. Sorry, because it's not a quick answer. And I have a, just a few discovery calls lined up. So thank you guys for joining and for giving me a chance to to do this first question and answer and I look forward to see you guys here next week. Alright, take care.